listening to Diverse City Podcast. Please stay tuned to hear a powerful word. For giving or more church information, check us out at diversecity.church. Or to text to give, text DIVERSE to 73256. Thank you for listening and enjoy the word. And you have the opportunity to ride along to his destiny or sit in the middle of complaining and of a frustration, but God wants to show you how to contribute. God wants to show you how to be able to make a difference. Come on, church, talk to them today. Wherever you are, I know you made mistakes. I know you had an argument before you came to church. I know the weekend didn't go as planned. I know you don't have this promotion. I know you're looking at your situation and saying, it is June and I've fallen off, but God is saying, right here and right now, you're in the perfect church for imperfect people. Come on, church. In the middle of this place, we lift you up today, Lord. We acknowledge you today, Lord. We magnify you today, Lord. Let the church magnify him with me. And let us exalt his name together. So, Lord, I just ask for you to do work today. We step into the hospital room. We ask you to make us more like you. We lift our hands as a sign of surrender. We lift our hands today to give you permission to search us today. That anything, that any area, that any aspect in my heart, in my mind that is not pleasing to you, speak to that today, Lord. If we're not loving our neighbor as ourselves, if we're not honoring our honoring you with all of our hearts, touch us today, Lord. So we thank you in advance that your word will not return void. We thank you in advance for the ministry leaders and volunteers and guests and new members that have come to make a difference. And as united as one, we choose to give you the glory, the honor, and in the praise. So Lord, I ask you today that you just bless this message. Let the hearers be able to hear, let our hearts to be able to receive, and let it be visibly evident by our actions, our deeds, and our decisions as we return to our respective destination. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Somebody say amen. Amen. Pastor Mike, it's good to have you back in the building, you know. Thank you, Stephanie. You were amazing on the flute. Thank you, Point of Surrender, for ministering the gospel. And I am excited to be able to share. If you could, go ahead and stand to your feet. It is our custom at Diverse City, and we're going to read one verse of Scripture. If you could, go ahead and put it on the screen, Romans chapter 15, and we're going to read verse 5 from God's Word translation. For those that are online, when you have it, put, I got it, we will wait for you. Only 20 more seconds, though. And for those that are in the building, if you got it, say, I got it. If you need help finding Romans, go to page 782. I felt that in my spirit. 782, halfway down the page. See, Mike, you felt that too, bro. All right. 
So on the count of three, let's read God's word together. Amen. One, two, three. May God, who gives you this endurance and encouragement, allow you to live in harmony with each other by following the example of Jesus Christ. All right, find you a neighbor. Find you a neighbor and say, neighbor. Neighbor, welcome to the summer. Look to your other neighbor and say, You all right? Never mind. Sit, uh, you may be seated in the Lord's house. Okay, I knew something was off. Pastor Aldine, can you bring me my glasses? All right. So, first and foremost, um, as everyone knows, during the month of June, we're doing our campaign to get people back into in-person service. Please make sure you're reaching out to me and also Pastor Aldean that you're giving out cards, that you're bringing people to be your guests. Again, if you bring four people over the course of the four weeks in June, thank you, my love. We're talking about marriage today, so I'm going to be getting brownie points all day long. Just a heads up, hallelujah, in the Lord's house. <sighs> the Lord is my shepherd. He knows what I want. Mm. Okay, come be our guest. Yes, stay in the spirit. Miss Annette, I'm trying to stay in the spirit, I promise. So come be our guest. If you bring four people, make sure you're communicating with me and Pastor Aldine. Bring them to breakfast. Bring them to men's Bible study. Bring them to women's Bible study. Bring them to DCC Impact. Bring them to marriage couples devotion tomorrow on Zoom. Whatever it is, you will get credit. And if you hit the quota of four people, we will recognize you, celebrate you, and reward you as you do your part to practice in evangelism. Amen. Amen. And then also to all my brothers, all my real MVPs, the fathers, please make sure you sign up for Father's Day breakfast. It will be next Sunday. We will be in the community center downstairs from 9 to 10. Again in the community center downstairs from 9 to 10. You get to come, get your grub on, get some fellowship, get to meet some of your boys, some of the bros that haven't been here for a while, and then after that, we'll make our way into the sanctuary for service. Amen? All right. So here we are. We are family. If you have enjoyed this series, make some noise in the Lord's house. <clears throat> All right, we are family installment number five. I see a lot of beautiful and new faces today, so let's just give a quick recap. We are family installment number one. We talked about for us as children of God that God has given us a commandment to honor our parents. Whether they're good parents, whether they're bad parents, whether you landed and you came here by a situation, God has called us to be able to honor our parents. But not to live the parents off the hook. Part two, we talked about training our children, that we are the primary responsibility to instill correction and confidence. Not the teachers, not people in the community, not your neighbor, not the youth pastor over there, but it's our responsibility as parents. Then in part three, we talked about cha-ching, cha-ching. 
We discuss money because a lot of situations, a lot of fights, a lot of heated fellowship, whatever you want to call it, starts with money. And that God desires for us to chase his will, not his wallet. God wants us to chase his heart, not his hand. And God is saying he will bless you. He can prosper you only at the extent of what you can handle. Amen. And then last week, I'll be honest, I got a lot of great emails about people willing that has been harboring over issues. We talked about how to have a crucial conversation. Yes, we talked about tools. We talked about techniques on how to resolve and how to deflate situations because it's not about what you say but it could be when you said it it's not about what you do it's about how you do it it's not about what your words just says but does your mouth does your body language does your countenance still show the alignment because some of us may have experienced bad teaching and we have been the peacekeepers and the word of God says to be peace thank you a few Bible readers in the Lord's house So when we're peacemakers, we make the first move. When we're peacemakers, when we're leaders, when we're believers, we don't avoid situations. We don't appease situations. But God has called us to address situations. So right on schedule, we talked about parents and money. And today, we're going to talk about this one powerful an anointed question, vis-a-vis, thank you, Tyler Perry, why did I get married? How many people, don't raise your hand, (laughs) thought during the pandemic, when we started spending more time together, seeing how they act and how they roll and what clothes they put on when they work, the clothes they don't put on when they work, and said, why did I get married? Single people, just stay with me. I'll come and get you two weeks, all right? But for married people, I'm going to just do some public encouragement to all of us because God doesn't want us, our marriages, just to survive, but biblically-based God has called us to thrive. But to have the best marriage, it's going to require, guess what, your best. A great marriage is not for the faint at heart. Hallelujah. A great marriage is not for immature people. Let me ask you again. Why did you get married? Don't raise your hand, but some of us got married for sets. I mean, it's an important reason. It's not number one, but it's way up there. Hallelujah. All right. Blessed quietness. Hallelujah. Some of us got married to split the bills. Some of us got married to have a life partner. Some of us got married to get a bigger house. But our desire more than anything other than giving our life to Jesus is who you decide to live your life with. It is the most important, the most critical decision that all of us, if we decide to make vows, jump the broom, take Holy Communion, whatever your heart desires, 
who you marry. I don't want it to just to be the most important, but I want to hear testimonies that it was the best decision that you have made. Come on now. Okay, it's going to be quiet. It's okay. Just in about two minutes, put your seatbelt on, but hang on. For the Bible says, and you can put my scripture on again, I think it's 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 11. Stay with me in the Living Bible Translation. But remember that God's plan is for men and women need each other. You can go back to the first family when God seen Adam naming stuff, doing great and mighty works in the garden of Eden. Our father was perplexed and says, it is not good that man should be alone because God established marriage for connection. God established marriage for ministry. God established marriage because in most cases, we try to get married based on a contract mm -hmm, and not covenant. In most cases, we're trying to get a need met. In most cases, we're trying to get our wants met. But let's talk about it. And we see the multiplicities of reasons why we get a divorce, lack of money, lack of communication. But really what I want to focus on today is the lack of fulfillment. See, if we're really going to be family and do this God's way and to really be a demonstration, God has called us all to be married, to be fulfilled. See, when God designed marriage, it is for us to be a living illustration of a relationship between Jesus and his church. Let me ask you again, why did you get married? Who told you why you should get married? What are the things that you were exposed to about some of the things you should do and expect when we get married? So we can't talk about marriage and not even give a precursor to at least step in and look at Matthew chapter 5. So for a few of my seminaries, normally when we teach on marriage and the values of covenant and principles, we like to immediately start with verse number 21. However, when you think about an entire book and you think about when Paul is actually writing a letter, he didn't write it with chapters and verses. When the manuscript was created, the scholars added chapters and verses so we can be able to locate and find what was there. It was just like Paul wrote a four-page letter and letting them know Ephesians, Corinthians, Philippians, Colossians. This is what we need to do. But sometimes we can jump to conclusions, and I want to start with verse number 18. And when we see this, we don't think about marriage. Look at this real quick. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 through 20. Don't be drunk with wine. All right, don't be drunk with wine because this will what? Ruin your life. Instead, what is God proposing? Be filled with the Spirit. 
See, when we're filled with the Spirit, we experience verse 19 through 20, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs among yourself, making music to the Lord in your hearts. And verse number 20, this is the overflow, that in giving thanks for everything to God and the Father of the name, Jesus Christ, but it doesn't happen You don't get to the submission part. You don't get to the respect part. You don't get the love part unless you are filled with the Spirit. Don't look at me. This is not 10 ways on how to have a great marriage. I am not Dr. Phil. I am not Kevin Samuels. I am Pastor James giving you spiritual guidance. And the question is, if you dare to get married, if you dare to enter in covenant, before you do the first session of premarital counseling when me and Pastor Aldine talk to you is who's in control. Who's controlling you? Is it your emotions? Is it the bills? Or is it the Holy Spirit? Before you get married, to do it by God's design, I know what you said in the altar, meet me in the altar. And you're, no, are you filled with the Spirit. Come on. Because if you can't yield to divinity, how are you going to yield to humanity? If you can't yield to the perfect, how are you going to yield to imperfection? I don't like to say this a lot, but I'm just going to let you know when you get married, one thing you're going to understand and see, and I know it's all prettied up, and I know it's nice, but when you get married, you may have to, for a season, lower your standards. But if you're not filled with the Spirit, your homeboys, your homegirls, they're going to start comparing, and you're trying to figure out what needs to be done, what needs to go, and that's why we have to get God at the center of our lives. And if he's not the center of your life, he'll never be the center of your marriage. I'm going to say that for the people in the balcony, for those that are coming at 6 p.m. and watching online, if God is not the center of your life, he will not be the center of your marriage because most of us are self-centered and not God-centered we become self-fish and when we get married we got to be self-less my mentor told me one time that you can find the hottest woman in the world, and I will show you an unsaved man that's tired of sleeping with her. Oh, no, we're not playing today. We sent the kids across the street. Kids ministry has started. We got to get real today. Find the richest man in the world that's taking his woman all around the world, getting all the nice things, all of the great and amazing designer bags, and I will show you an unsaved woman that is more excited about the new person in their DMs. Is God the center of your life? Come on, stay with me. You know, Jeff Bezos. 
Bill Gates, two of the top five richest people in the world, all the money can take and do whatever they want with their wives. Guess what? Over the last 12 months, they're getting a divorce. Yes, Jeff Bezos, the person that makes $321 million a day, $13.4 million an hour, $222,000 a minute. Still not enough. Because if you don't have the Holy Spirit, everything will play out. It is quiet in the Lord's house. So then when you get to verse 21, where we like to start, and furthermore, submit to one another out of reverence for God. See, we love to start with 21, and we try to use it to manipulate the situation, to control the situation. And what I come to women that try to get on top of men and men that try to get on top of women, we go back to verse 18 and say, who's in control. See, when God wants us to be family, to be real family, it is going to require spiritual formation. You will never experience 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love that is patient, the love that is kind, the love that is not envy, the love that doesn't keep score, the love that is not dishonoring your spouse unless you have the Holy Who's in control? Who had control? What situation in your marriage when you say, you know what? I can do it my way. I'm going to do it my way. I get what you're saying, but on Tuesday, it's my time. See, when we hear words like submission, we treat it like cuss words. But when you study submission, it's in verse number 21, but then in verse number 22, when you look at it and you study this word in the Greek, it means not to stop, but when we submit, that means to yield to another authority. It means to yield to God. Oh, you want to do it now? God said go, but have you take a moment to see life? Have you taken a moment to pause? Have you taken a moment to submit our plans and our ideas and our thoughts and what you think she should do or what you think he should do? Have you been willing to submit to God in reverence for him? Then we get to verse number 22. It gets juicy. Now you can put your seatbelt on. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Don't miss that last part. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For husband is the head of the wife and Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body and church. As the church submits to Christ, so the wives should submit to the husbands in some things. Nope, in everything. See, submission for a brother Thank you, Chris. The man up. Submission means respect. Do you respect me? Do you respect me or do you respect Pastor James more? Do you respect me or do you respect your employer's opinion more? Do you respect me or the opinions of the people that you're subscribed to on YouTube? When you're trying to go with he said this and hat said that, 
The question is, are you centered and aligned with God's word? Why did you get married? First Timothy even talks about the idea of authority and headship. I know we're free. I know Independence Day is coming up. Yes, I know we're free and Juneteenth is on the way, but then there's authority where we have to be challenged and look at these things where we have government that is responsible for governing society. Yes, they mess up on most things. Don't judge me. Pastors where we're called to lead and feed the sheep, even if it's not good, it's good for you with the word of God. Parents, we have been given authority to admonish and train and raise our kids. And husbands, we have been given authority to lead our household, to lead our children. And a good husband that has a wife that is willing to submit and trust your plan. Yes, she's smarter than you. Yes, she knows some of these things. But if your wife is willing to submit, husbands, we have to exercise that authority wisely, gracefully, and in the fear of God. Why did you get married? Be careful women of God, how we talk to men in front of other church people. Be careful, women of God, how we talk to our men in front of our kids, to other people, the things that we respond to, the things that we post to online, because that submission comes off as disrespectful. And for some of us, we have taken it to the extreme that we make our spouse our Jesus. That we come and just do whatever they say and God is saying submit as long as in the framework and in accordance with God. And see, husbands do the same thing. We may not treat it as a form of submission, but we make idols, yep, out of our wives, just like we do our cars, just like we do our houses, just like we do our God. And God is saying, love each other, respect each other, but we should never get off center that we begin to worship one another. See, I submit and she should submit to the point that as long as we're not breaking the heart of God, we come into alignment. If God words support on this decision, if God's word support, as we move, we understand there are some things that are gray and we would love for things to be black and white. But if you submit and God is right with it, then our responsibility is to do it. Blessed quietness. I expected this today. It's okay. Y'all still with me? Raise your hand if I hurt your feelings yet. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, let's go to the other side. I, I, my wife looked at me crazy. Hallelujah. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And he gave up his life for her. 
Verse number 26, I love this. To make her holy and clean as we wash her, as Pastor Virginia said, to shower her by the cleansing of God's word. How often, men of God, do we speak and shower our women with scriptures such as Proverbs 31? You bad girl. You awesome girl. I would give my life to you. I love you because this type of love is not based on a condition, but this type of love, it is agape love. It is a selfless love. It is a sacrificial love that we're putting her needs her desires before the things that I, me, and myself want. It is quiet today. And I am not going to sit here as a pastor with his bachelor's, with his master, with a lot of issues, with a home. After 12 years, I still ain't figured this whole thing out. In 12 years, I'm still messing up. In 12 years, I thought I would have it down. But I keep changing I keep tripping, and I keep slipping and falling. I can't get up. Rest in peace. (sighs) But on a serious note, as men, what are we doing to improve our marriage? That if we are the Christ, if we are the head of our household, how are we producing in our wives to create not just life, but life more abundantly. Women, at the very least, need to hear that we love them. In the words in our mouths, they have power. The scripture tells us that there is life and death in the power of the tongue. And while it's important for us men to shower our women, our women have to be careful with our words, one word, one comment, and you're crushing your spouse. One word, one comment. God, in, let me say this right, our words have the power to break. Our words have the power to motivate. Our words have the power to captivate And our words have the power to delegate. Our words have the power to celebrate. And our words have the power to devastate. How are you using your words? Can I just say something? If y'all are real saved, y'all ain't going to like this. There are men that go to the strip club spend hundreds of dollars for words of affirmation that they're not getting at home. It's not about the entertainment, but it's okay to be lied to. But I need somebody to speak to the king on the inside of me. I know I'm not making as much money as you want me to make. I know I'm not doing it. We see it over and over and over again. See, there are some things when it comes to marriage, you need to take time and pray about it. Before you speak, I know it hurts, but marriage is for grown folks. 
There are some conversations that we have to have that I got to wait a whole week before I'm ready to make sure that I can speak the truth in love. You spoke truth, but did you do it in love? Yeah, come on. Stay away from the four D words. Divorce. We don't say words that are destructive. We don't say words that are degrading. Y'all still cussing each other out? Let me just back up a little bit. Or we say words that are dismissive. Ah, I don't want to hear that. Don't want to talk about those D words kills the marriage. Those D words get us off center. But what I've discovered in a lot of situations when I talk to God first is not her changing, but God changes. If we take the time to hear from God on a situation, Things begin to change. I'm going to ask you again for the seventh time. Why did you get married? Proverbs 24 and verse 3 and 4 says, Homes are built on the foundation of wisdom and understanding. Verse number 4 says, Where there's knowledge, The rooms are furnished with valuable and beautiful things. Oh, man. I need to say that again, Miss Sharon. Homes are built. I know you got the windows up. I know you got the king-size bed. But it won't last if you don't have wisdom and understanding. And who does wisdom come from? Ask James chapter 1 but 5 that we're seeking God. God, I'm way over here. Bring me back center. And I need understanding because men are from Mars and women are from Venus. We speak two different languages. Help me out, Lord. I know we have a nice dining room, a nice kitchen, and we got approved for the loan. But I want it to be furnished with respect, with love, that we are elevated, that we are celebrated, and that we are not just tolerated. So why? Did you get married? See, when I look at that verse, the thing that just sticks out to me is attention. As married couples, we know when you're dating, it's fun, you're chasing each other, you're doing all kind of crazy things, you're saying stuff you really don't mean, but it's cool, you like to talk, you like to hang out, you like to go to the movies, you like to do the AMC list, you like to Netflix and chill, you used to do Blockbuster if you've been married for 40 years, whatever it may be, but the question is today, are you still giving attention Because your attention, whether you need love, your attention, whether you need respect, shows that you still value them. Your attention shows them your love. Your attention shows them respect. Your attention says that you still matter. Attention. Are you still giving it to them? Or has your attention been more on the bills, on kids, on work, on other hobbies, on the NBA finals, 
or on hot girl summer or what vacation you're doing, but it's your attention, your primary attention. We understand we're not neglecting those things, but it's your primary attention still on your spouse. See, I've read a few books, and this is one that I recommend in all of our premarital counseling. There's a guy that studied and counseled over 100 couples, and he wrote a book called His Needs and Her Needs. And this book really summarized out of all of his experiences with counseling that most women have at least five primary needs, and most men have five primary needs. And I'm not judging anyone based on how you feel. It is you and your emotional need and intake. And just like every week of We Are Family, Here's a conversation you need to have. I double dog dare you during this week. Sit down with your spouse and grade and evaluate and let them speak with truth. Let them speak honesty and say, hey, you're getting an A in here. You're getting a B minus in there. You're getting an F in here. You're incomplete here. You need to help me out. So let's bring it up first. The five primary needs based on research that every woman desires. Number one, affection. Affection comes through words. Affection comes through contact. Affection comes through gifts. Affection comes as a man of God to create a garden of Eden in your home. Number two, conversation. I know they talk a lot, but are you making time to allow her to express herself? Conversation. Because sometimes we're busy doing this, we're busy doing that, and then that emotional need is not unpacked because we have lost our attention. Number three is honesty and openness. Couldn't decide on which one. I think I put openness. Yes, honesty and openness. You can be openness and telling a whole bunch of lies. Honesty and openness. When we tell the truth, when we begin to share and articulate our thoughts, and we have to give grace to men because some of us grew up in single-parent households, or we got grandparents that did our own thing, and they married based on survival. That, that's cool, but biblically, we're called to lead and to love. Openness that we can express and share our views, so when they do, you're not judging them, but we're leaving room for no false pretense or untruthfulness. Number four, financial support. Go back and listen to the message from two weeks ago. And number five, men, family commitment. See, out of all these things, Allie may have a different opinion, and we'll have our conversation this week. Family commitment is where Pastor James has felt. Because sometimes we hear and give our attention to the loudest things that are going on in our lives, and we neglect our commitment at home. 
family commitment to show and to care and to be available and to invest and to engage and not just be there, but actually be present. But what about for my brothers? You can put this one up. Number one, let's keep it real. Sexual fulfillment. Just making sure there ain't no kids in here before I say something. Hallelujah. Sexual fulfillment is so important to a man. Can I, can I just get a few brothers just say amen? amen? All right, thank you. One there, brother. Thank you, Elmer, with your three children. And, um, <laughs> sexual fulfillment. I'm going to say this and we'll move on. Be consistent and try your best to be creative. Hallelujah. Ooh, I was going to say something. I'm going to be quiet. Join us for marriage Bible study tomorrow and ask me what I was going to say, and I'll make sure I bring that one back up. Hallelujah. Anyway, recreational companionship. Brothers like to, in the past, go to barbershop. We talk. We just don't like to talk about some of the things. You want to talk about recreational activity. We are watching NBA. We're listening to our music. There are certain things that we desire to have companionship. And sometimes women, we like to kind of push some of these things off and we get mad because they want to go hang out with the boys to get recreational companionship and partnership. And I'm going to challenge you women And then to be very clear, there are some things that we want you to at least try. At least be aware. You don't have to watch the game, but it's not time to talk in the fourth quarter. (laughs) Recreational companionship. Number three, physical attractiveness. Let's be real. Physical attractiveness. Whatever he desires. Hair, makeup, clothes. That he can be attracted and private and proud of you and public. Yes, we have to be realistic on some of those things. If he wants you a little bit bigger, don't say amen no more. Just take a bite of that Snickers. Hallelujah. <laughs> Ooh, I'm almost done. I'm sorry. Y'all just got too quiet. Physical attractiveness. <laughs> Domestic support. It is our culture. It is our nature to see certain things done at home. Unfortunately, we create assumptions and we expect our wives to do things such as our mother. But we need to be able to have a conversation to say, during this season, you're doing a lot of stuff. We need to reset. We've had to go through the same thing that said, you're doing ministry, we're doing kids. What's the most important? Why do we have all of this tension? Because we had to reset 
And number five, we don't like to talk about it, but it's very important that we want to feel admired. Yes, there's a lion and a lamb on the inside of us, but we want to hear and see the validation of our roar. We want to see you come in and say, Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. (sighs) Y'all are two saves in the Lord's house. Are y'all understanding anything? Raise your hand with me. Amen. Verse number 31. Y'all better take a picture of this. Y'all better to take this as your homework. Have this conversation because we want marriages to thrive and not survive. Again, when you start working these things, your marriage will not be just the most important thing. But you can testify that your marriage is the best decision you've ever made. In verse number 31, as we get ready to close, the Bible says, now we can talk about why does God want you to get married? Verse number 31 and verse number 32. As the scripture says, a father should leave his father and mother and join his wife And the two are united as one because we're filled with the spirit that we're not perfect, but we're trying to meet each other's needs. And as we do, we draw closer together. As we work, we begin to unite that when you see me, you see Allie. When you see Allie, you see me. When you ask her a question, she knows how I'll respond. When you ask me a question, she kn- I know how she will respond. So you become united. And the Bible, for lack of better words, says that it is a great mystery. When we're doing this thing right When you're blessed from the bedroom to the bank account to the boardroom, it is a great mystery. But it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. Not based on your denomination. Not based on your political belief. Not based on your tenure here at the church. But you become one. Aldine, can you just come come up real quick? Uh, let me take this. The umbrella. Yeah, God is saying that there are so many married couples that husbands are sitting like this and our wives are sitting like that. And God is saying what happens is we cover her, but when she don't do what we want, And we leave her hanging. And we leave her hot. And we leave her drowning. And then we get mad when somebody else come up in the DM and say, how are you doing today? And he catches her at the moment. And your oneness has been broken. See, we as husbands, as men of God and women of God, if we begin to love and respect We can move, we can flow, and we can grow together. When we become united as one, as she submits 
and I love, we keep each other covered. That God has not called us to control one another. But God has called us to have a great marriage. We must cover. We didn't talk about this. But what happens when I have a bad day and I fall down? Then she steps into the room and begins to cover. See, there's a lot of marriages. You're having challenges, and what happens is we want to cover, and when we cover and we become the authority, God says we should lead in every way, but a great man understands his strengths and his weaknesses. Some of us don't know nothing about money, and our spouses know everything, and instead of saying, hey, run this, we are willing to throw the umbrella away out of control, out of experiences, and out of the things that we have experienced. And I'm calling every man and woman of God, if you have your spouse today, I want you to hold their hands. I want you to look them in the eyes and tell them, I will do my best. Married couples, I will do my best to keep you covered. I will do my best to love you. I will do my best despite my issues, despite my challenges. We are family. Stand to your feet all over this place. Dear Heavenly Father, we just pray today that every marriage for those that desire to be married that we do our part to cover one another. Because if we're honest and if we're fair, whether it's rain, whether it's bird poop, whether it's the heat of life, you have given us instructions and principles to keep one another covered. Lord, I pray that every marriage would be filled with forgiveness, Lord, I pray that we give each other another chance. Lord, I pray for every single person that while they haven't found the person, that they will begin to prepare themselves. You said we can prepare ourselves to be filled with the Spirit. And when we're filled with the Spirit, you will instruct us, you will teach us, and you will show us in the way we go. Lord, I pray for every marriage, Psalms 19, that the words of the mouth and the meditations of the heart will be accepted in our sight, that we begin to encourage and and equip and to edify each other, that we can clearly say, we got married to glorify God. Yes, they're beautiful. Yes, they provide. Yes, we have beautiful looking kids today. But our marriage should be a living example of the husband being the Christ and the woman being the church, inseparable from the beginning to the end. So, Lord, I just pray that you just unite every family, that we begin to take the challenge to see what are the areas that we're doing well and the areas that we want to improve. Ooh, I felt that Holy Spirit. What Some of you have prayed, what can I do to help my kids? 
let them marinate in the love between you and your spouse. Let me say that again. For those that are trying to figure out, oh, I don't know what to do with my kids. I don't know if they should go to in person. I don't know if they should stay home. I don't know if they should get valid, uh, vaccinated. Whatever it may be, how can I help? Lord, show me what to do. This is a command. Let them marinate in your love every day seeing two people working together uniting as one that as they grow old they will take your example to continue to grow and increase so lord i just pray that you just bless every household representative today regardless of their marital or relationship status that we continue to take the challenge to be the family of God as singles, as dating, as engaged, and as marriage. But for those that are married, I pray a special blessing on their household. Let their household that they find all satisfaction and pleasure only. Lord, I pray that as they work together, that you will give them the power to get the wealth, to get the healing, to get the esteem, that they'll be edified. And that we all do our part to step up to meet the emotional needs of one another. And Lord, I declare reset over the house for there were plans to do this and to do that, that our marriage, that we can testify and say that our marriage and our spouse was the best decision that we ever made in our lives. So I thank you in advance for the households that are represented here. Yes, we're a church of diversity, of, of imperfect people, but let us be recognized as husbands that loves our wives and that wives that respect our husbands and that through our union, it will draw our church members, that it will draw our city, that will draw this nation to bring forth your glory and honor and praise. We thank you in advance that these things shall be done. Jesus' mighty day, we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God some praise. All right. I think I'm dismissing. I'll take care of it. First of all, I just want to say thank you to everyone for all that you continue to do and in your faithfulness. I know today's word was very challenging, but I think it's important as our greatest investment and relationship on this earth. So Lord, as you kind of go through these situations, we are here to help and to serve, to share our ups, our downs, and our struggles, to provide you spiritual guidance, whether you're single or whether you're married. But regardless of where you are, we are in this together. Come on, somebody say, we are in this together. One more time, we are in this together. Come on, look to somebody and say, I got your back.